Hey, thanks for joining us on Quick Truth, where we sit down with Pastor James, ask a question, and hear an answer in 10 minutes or less. Ready? One, two. Oh, I'm good. One, two. I clapped like half a second after you, so my apologies. You're great. And you're fantastic. All right. You ready? Yep. One, two. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Quick Truth. My name is Shane. I'm sitting here with Pastor James. Jumping into this week, man, um, I think over the course of history, we've seen genocide on some scale um, all throughout history, all throughout the world. Knowing that that definition means the deliberate killing of a large group of people, um, this week's question, did God command genocide in the Old Testament? Yes, that's be a good question today um, to really dig deep. And so here's what I want to do kind of first before I, we kind of look at the answer. I want to kind of set up a context just for when people have these questions, like where are they pulling these questions from of um, when they say, well, I think God committed genocide, you know, killing of, of large groups of people. And so, um, so there's two passages. I'll read these two passages just to give context, and then we'll kind of talk from there. So one is Deuteronomy 20, uh, 16 through 17. Uh, it says, but in the cities of these people that the Lord your God is giving you uh, for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites and the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pezzites, the Hivazites, and the Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded. And then again in Joshua, this is where really you see that kind of played out in the book of Joshua. In Joshua 10, 40 says, so Joshua struck the whole land, the hill country, the Geb, and the lowland, and the slopes, and all their kings, and he, and he left none remaining but devoted to destruction all that breathed, just as the Lord God of Israel commanded. And so really out of these you see kind of this conquest of, of the land of Canaan, uh, the, really the, where we see Israel uh, take up roots. And so based out of this, I think people have concerns, even just looking at that, of like, you know, I, and I, I've talked to people personally, and I think there's this struggle of, well, I read about a God of love, I, I read about a God of grace, but yet you see very clearly here in Scripture, God says, hey, I want you to devote everything that breathes, man, woman, child, animal, everything. Don't leave anything alive and just go in and completely um, bring to destruction. And then you see, uh, if you read in the book of Joshua, you, that, you see that kind of come to uh, to come to fruition as they begin to do this. And so this, I think that's really the context of all these things uh, is set out of these kind of passages. So how can we reconcile these things? Yes, I think that's, that's a, that's, I think that's a great way to ask the question of, of how do we, how do we, because I think that's what everybody's trying to do. Of how do we reconcile what I read about the New Testament? I see Jesus, mm-hmm. as it says, God is a God of love, God of grace, how do I reconcile that within what God commanded here? And so I think one of the things that has to happen um, is I think we have to see, like, what is God's motivation? Like, what is God's reasoning behind doing these things? Why did God command these things? And I think underneath that, hopefully, we can find kind of the answer to this. And so I think it's it's this, um, is that God is motivated by moral concern. Okay. Um, so, so God's not motivated in these commands that he commands Joshua, the people of Israel, as they move in. He's not... His concern is not about a race, it's not about a people, but he's concerned about with sin because this is what we see in Scripture. God is a God of love. God is a God of grace. God is uh, of mercy. But he's also a God that is holy, 
He's also a God that is righteous and a God that is just. And we, we want justice. We want, yeah. um, you know, and I think even even in, in our world today, when we see injustice, we cry out like, God, would you would you deal with the yeah. injustice we see in this world? We get fed up with it. God, would you deal with it? But then when God actually deals with it, sometimes we're like, well, that was a little harsh. Yeah. You know, and so really when you really walk through looking at the motivation and reasoning behind what God did here is it had nothing to do with the race. It had nothing to do with the people. It had everything to do with sin. Um, these people were idolaters. These people did not worship God. These people had lived horrible lives. Um, I, I want to read several passages um, that kind of set up the context for this, kind of the motivation. One is Genesis 15, uh, 15 through 16. It says, As for you, you shall go to your father. He's telling this to Abraham uh, as he's promising the, the land of Israel to him. He says, You shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So he cites in here, hey, you're going to take this land, but it's going to be because of the iniquity. Uh, mm. It's based on the it's not based on a people. It's based on you know the sin. Another one, and this is in Deuteronomy uh, nine uh, three through five. And here's what it says: Know therefore today, he's telling Moses, Moses, this is kind of the people of Israel. He says, Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you, so that you may drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. But he says this, Do not say in your hearts after the Lord has thrust them out uh, before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Whereas... It is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you, mm. not because of your righteousness or because of the uprightness of your heart as you're going in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations the Lord your God is driving them out before you, that he may confirm to you the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And so really citing both of these, he, he actually tells them this, and I think it's a good reminder. He says, hey, look, I'm about to drive all these people out. I promise this. I'm being faithful to the promise I made to Abraham. Mm -hmm. And also, remember, as you're going in, and even he says this, it's not even because you're good or you're righteous, because yeah. you don't deserve it either. He says, but the reason why we're doing this is because the wickedness of these people. Yeah. And so you really see almost this idea of this, that God is judging, and he uses basically Israel as kind of his instrument of bringing about judgment and justice mm -hmm. on these nations because of their wickedness. But here, here's what I find, too, even that people have a hard time with this. This is the same thing that happens to Israel later on. Yeah. Israel becomes... Uh, you see this. They're not perfect at all. They're wicked. They turn their back on God. And actually in 722, you see Assyria come in and do the exact same thing. They take them out in exile. You see in five, uh, I think it's 587, 586 B.C., is Babylon comes in, does the same thing to Israel. Yeah. And so it's really you see this as it plays out here and even as Israel's the one that is taken captive and taken out of their land is that it's all based upon sin and wickedness, and God's judging and God's bringing about judgment on these nations that just see the, the wickedness is just spreading out over all of this. And so I think that's one of the things to understand when we, when we think through this. Even And look, I understand it's still hard mm -hmm. to, 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 to see this because, I mean, Absolutely, like, yeah. I've been reading through the book of Joshua, and you're like, man, this, this, is, this is really intense. You know what I mean? Like, let nothing breathe, you know? Um, and that, that's very strong, but also to see, I think sometimes we don't have God's perspective to see that's the way that he views sin and, and wickedness yeah. and how disgusting it that's really right. is. And, of course, we always give everybody benefit. Oh, well, not everybody's that bad and all that kind of stuff. 
but it really shows forth, you know, that, that the reason why God is doing this is it's based upon a moral concern. It's based on sin, not, yeah. not anything to do with people. But I think what's also important to see is even in the midst of these commands that you still see God's love, God's patience, God's grace in the midst of this. And here's what I mean by that. Just referring back to that Genesis 15, he says this, the iniquity is not yet complete to the fourth generation. So, so here's one instance what he says, is I'm going to be patient with the Amorites for 400 years. Golly. They have 400 years to turn. They have 400 years to repent. They have 400 years. And when you start thinking, like, that's a long time to, like, yeah. to, to be patient with a, a, a people that are sinful. And, like, and then the question is, like, what? Well, I mean, if that doesn't describe, I mean, like, how long then? You know, 400 years, four generations. And so, like, even in that, you see God's patience. God doesn't just, and I think also to see in Joshua chapter 2 is you see Rahab. This is in chapter 2 of Joshua. Rahab, who is in, who's a Jericho, who, who is a person of Cana, and yet she responds with wanting, like, well, I want to follow God. I want to follow the God of Israel. Yeah. And yet she does. And God spares them, you know? And so it's like even you see that people did turn to God, and God doesn't annihilate yeah. them. God doesn't kill them. Um, you, and you see this all throughout Scripture, uh, Gentiles coming to know the Lord. And so I think even it's like even in, in seeing these things, of seeing that yet God, while He does this because of moral concern, yet He is a God that is gracious and a God yeah. that is kind. Even you, what do you see even, what is it... Uh, uh, the story of Jonah, you know, when he goes over and he announces to the Ninevites, all you know, basically, if you don't repent, uh, you're you're gonna all die. And yeah. they repented, and God relented. God didn't destroy them, you know, yeah. um, because they they repented and turned to the Lord. And so I, I think it's being able to balance these things as we walk through. Look, these are I think difficult questions, and I think it's good to bring those to the table yeah. and wrestle with them. That's right. Um, and I think at the end of this, I want to read this passage of Isaiah. Um, and I think it's just something that I always have to remind myself, even when I come to question things of Scripture or of God, of just to be reminded of this. And God says this in Isaiah 55, 8. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways. Uh, your ways declares the Lord God. And so I think it's a good reminder of, like, I only have, I have a very limited perspective on things. Yeah. And I only see them from a very limited earthly perspective that I'm not able to see the big grand scheme of God, God's plan, to see the way that God sees wickedness and evil. Um, and so even as I struggle with this and think through this, to understand that, that God is all these things all at one time. God is God of justice and that God is holy, but he's also good and loving and merciful and gracious. And God is all these things at all times. And um, and so I think hopefully that that's helpful um, in thinking through um, to see that God definitely didn't, uh, if I can kind of sum it up, God didn't uh, command genocide. Uh, but God was concerned about sin and wickedness, but yet even in his concern uh, for this, God still demonstrates grace and mercy to yeah. people that turn to him. So. Well, man, I appreciate you sitting down with us, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Quick Dream.